Welcome to the Living Musar Podcast, Jewish conversations on a daily path toward wholeness. Today our guest is Ofer Geller. In this episode, you'll hear Ofer share the ways he creates greater distance between the match and the fuse. Ofer's journaling tips may even inspire you to begin or elevate a journaling practice. Let's hear how Ofer Geller is Living Musar. My name is Jenny Schwartz, and this is Living Musar, and I have Ofer Geller here with me today. Thank you for coming and chatting with me about Musar. So excited to be here. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, I, I want to ask you so many questions about your Musar practice, um, but let's get started with how did you get into Musar? So... It's kind of a long roundabout story, but the short version is um, Julie Dean mentioned um, that she was teaching a class at Shirtikva, and I wasn't able to take the class at that time. And um, about a year later, uh, Rabbi Kravitz at Adath was offering an intro to Musar class, and just sort of on the, the what's the word, uh, on just the fact that Julie, who I trust, um, said, you might be interested in this. I went into it. I didn't know anything about Musar. I didn't know what I was getting into. I was just looking to expand and further my Jewish education. I have a similar kind of experience. <laughs> yeah. um, that involves Julie Dean <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, saying you should try yeah. Musar. And yeah. I had no idea what Musar was. And yeah. I just thought... I'll do it. <laughs> well, what's interesting, too, is that um, there had been some other teachings offered at Chutikva. Uh Amy Eilberg and uh, Rabbi um, Rappaport had done some teaching. Mm-hmm. And I actually studied that Alan Liu book, the um, This is Real and You're Not mm-hmm. Ready yeah. for It. And um, it didn't hit in the same way. So I don't think, I think this is really, truly a case of when the student's ready, the, the teacher shows up. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was ready earlier on. And I was actually kind of surprised to learn that I had um, there had been offerings in the and So, yeah, it was really just really exciting. Yeah. I love that, um, what you said about when when you're ready, the teacher will be there. I, yeah. I can relate to that. I think about um, my practice of Musar and what if I had started earlier and yes. yeah. I don't think it would have been the same. I right. don't I don't think I was ready until Right. That was kind of my initial reaction because it was so impactful and meaningful right away. It was just like, oh why where was this twenty years ago? And then to, you know, learn, well, you know, you actually were exposed to this a few years before. Uh it was like, oh, okay, this is really clear. This is what this yeah. you know epitomizes yeah do you i find when i'm practicing musar i can kind of look back at past jenny and be like oh i would have never been able to absolutely. like do that absolutely yeah. in, in that first year it was just like oh you're not reacting how you used to react to this you know so you know having that uh validation that what you're practicing and working on is actually has a meaningful impact is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, for me, and it just helped motivate me to stay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
in your pre-interview, I was reading that um, you talk about like an aha moment being um, lengthening the distance between the match and the fuse. That's yes. You want to talk a little bit about that? That's my actually my favorite. I have post-it notes strategically placed around my house saying that. Right. Well, that was really one of the first teachings that I could like kind of sink my teeth into. And um, I don't know. It's, it's that pause before you act. It's asking yourself what is useful here. Um, is what I'm about to say helpful? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're able to do that in real time, in the middle of an argument, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, you interrupt and yourself, myself, I should say, I should use I statements. I'm able to interrupt myself and um, avoid just a lot of unnecessary drama mm-hmm. and uh, whatnot, with, especially my wife. So the, the one thing that I should uh, back up a little bit is most of when I first started um, Musar, well, the, the second year was when COVID hit. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my Musar practice while in quarantine was exclusively with my wife. Mm. Right. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So it, uh, and she noticed the change too. Yeah. So she was always encouraging. And if I started to get a little grumpy, she would say, have you been journaling? Oh, wow. Yeah. So did your wife take Musar and practice Musar with you or? No, no. She just um, fully supports me doing it. and, And it's, and has seen and acknowledged the positive impact. It has with, you know, our relationship, our marriage, how I parent, how I co-parent. Yeah. So overall, it's just improved the quality of my life. Absolutely. That is great. Yeah. That is so great. I think about, um, I think about, I have similarities to, to what you're saying, um, especially with my parents and, Yes. And and technology, it always there it always seems like it's my parents and they're doing something with a smartphone and I'm like, all right, I need to just take a deep breath. We all need to take a deep breath. Right. And lengthen that distance and yeah. it was all going to be okay. It's gonna, right. Yeah. And that's so great really, that yeah. your wife notices Yeah. Like she can tell that she can tell, yeah. That's really great. Do you notice difference it i mean can you notice there's a difference and then the way you interact with like people outside of your family i notice um i notice because i'm not the highs aren't as high or or the the you know whatever the emotional dust isn't Mm -hmm. so much in the air and i'm able to like recover quicker if that makes sense um so one of the daily practice phrases that I lean on is, you know, in front of me is a holy soul. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're confronted with the stranger in a situation and things are escalating or you're being um, challenged, mm-hmm. um, I often go to that one to just sort of like calm myself a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't know, it's, it's all about sort of just not letting that, emotion take off yeah if you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i do yeah Yeah. i i think about that a lot too that everyone is a holy soul and 
I've actually like used that with other people that, you know, maybe they have some opinions about a person and I'm like, you know, I'm really trying. Um, yes. My Musar practice is recognizing that everyone's a holy soul and I don't feel comfortable talking about this person in that way. Right, and right. I even have some of my friends now, if, if they're experiencing challenges with people, they'll be text me and be like, everyone's a holy soul, right? There's people are still holy souls, <laughs> and I'm like, yes, right. Um, everyone is a holy soul, and will what I'm saying be helpful? Mm-hmm. Is another one. So, when I realize, like, um, I'm in a conversation or a disagreement or misunderstanding, it's probably a better description around a situation with, with specifically my wife. Um, I will ask myself in my head is what you're about to say going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. And when I recognize it isn't, I'm able to not, I don't have yeah. to go there. I know it's yeah. like, this is not helpful. This is not going to be useful. Yeah. Um, and it just avoids a lot of, you know, a lot of pain and stress or, um, you know, emotional uh, expenditure mm-hmm. that's not necessary. Yeah. That makes sense? It does make sense. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Do you, when you first started, well, how long have you been practicing Musar? Well, so it <laughs> seems like forever and seems like just yeah. yesterday. So I'm not exactly sure. I think it was 2018 okay. that I first started. I think. Yeah, January of 2018. Okay. So like five and a half years now. Okay. Yeah. And do you notice um, like a difference from when you first started until now? I mean, a difference in how you react to things, a difference in like how you see Musar in your life. So I think it's okay to acknowledge right now that while we're having this conversation, the Simchat Torah mm-hmm. war is engaging. Mm-hmm. So um, I have a lot of anger and fear and pain. And, you know, we have, our lives are not that far removed from people who have been killed, who are missing, who are going into combat. So Musar has really helped me not let the the high energy, the anger, get out of hand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's helped me control that in a way that, no, five years ago, I would have been online like, you know, lashing out um so i'm doing less lashing out i guess um i'm more grateful in general um and with gratitude you can see possibilities Mm -hmm. right um you know it's i was thinking about this like behind the wheel that Musar seems to disappear when you're behind the wheel, mm. at least for me. <laughs> uh, that's one place where I would like to see it uh, show up a little bit more. But um, overall, I think it's just, you know, they, they, the when I first started studying, they were like, you're not going to see the changes, right? Until it's like it, it sneaks up on you. Mm-hmm. And so I think some of that is, I mean, that's definitely true for me. And so like when you're, when you're asking about how much change 
I see. I mean, I see it, but then I don't see it, too. Mm-hmm. Because it's happened gradually over time. Yeah. Just able to handle things a little better. Yeah. Which is great. If we keep getting better at it. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think about um, the practice of Mosar, and um, I try to explain it to people, and I say, and, you know, we... We kind of study the same things each session, but yes. you're in a different place yes. in, in your life. and Yes. Um, so everything is kind of new. It's old and new all at the same time. Right. And um, that is something that fascinates me about the practice of Musar is I can talk about heat lamdu last year and, yeah. and now this year, and it's totally different well, you're a different person mm-hmm. you really are i know it's like if you look back and reflect on your journals it's like um that's not me anymore and that's pretty cool yeah. uh there in i think some traditions people will bury or burn their journals mm-hmm. because it's like a release of that and i don't know that doesn't really work for me mm-hmm. um it, I, I find it useful to be able to look back and say what was I dealing with? How did I grow from that? What did I learn? I don't know if, if either is right or wrong, but that's just where I'm landing. But that's just... I've, right, so it's like, why do we study the Torah, you know, every every year, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's like the same thing with the the, the different uh, midot. We can, we're not the same person. Right, yeah. Yeah, so I find that very helpful. And we can build on what we learned before. Mm-hmm. Really? Because isn't that, I mean... I think that's part of what, when I was talking about the Alan Liu book, I was not ready to read that Alan Liu book. Mm-hmm. It was through the study of Musar that prepared me for it. And then I see the wisdom in it and I can apply it. I can incorporate it into my practice. Yeah. And it might just be, it's, it's inspiring. Mm-hmm. It might not be something I'm actually changing. It's just, yeah. you know, when I, even just talking about Musar is inspiring for me. Yes, yes. <laughs> I enjoy it. I do too. Yeah. I have I enjoy it so much. I have a whole podcast about there it. There you go. <laughs> and it's interesting to hear everyone's, you know, perspective because it's everybody is different, but we have this common um, you know, background of Musar where yeah. um, you know, your experience is probably much different than mine, but we can relate right. to each right. other. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's really cool. It's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> um I want to talk about journaling because I am a non-journaler. I try every time. And this, this year I've actually been pretty successful with journaling. I had to buy like a cute journal. Absolutely. I highly recommend (laughs) that. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to, I just, do you have like any tips to journaling or can you also tell me like your journaling kind of practice? So what worked for me? So yeah, so um, I know Alan Moranis, um, founder of the, the Musar Institute, suggests having a set time, mm. and he usually says at the end of the day to reflect on how things went during the day. That just did not work for me, and I was fortunate enough to be a stay-at-home dad at the time, so I would actually journal in the midday. And so finding the right time that works mm-hmm. for you is important, I think. Um, so 
blocking off time at the end of the day might be the, the way that works for you. You have to kind of find your own time. To me, I would write down on the page what um, we were working on. I would do um, a little game I would play with myself is be to, okay, it's day one of one I'm journaling, day 20 of 20 I'm journaling. Mm-hmm. And I would do that just to keep the streak going. Mm-hmm. And then when I missed a day, I would start over back at mm-hmm. day one. That was really fun. I would use color pencils just to do, I would do some drawings in my journal. I would do, if there was like a particular quote that I liked, I would do a, a box, you know, like a, a text highlight box yeah. and and put a border on it and put the text in there and include that. And so it just makes it kind of fun to read. I would, um, I would do the, the uh, I would put in quotes of things that I really liked that inspired me. Mm-hmm. I've since moved that to a separate book just so I can have that handy as a, mm-hmm. as an inspiration book, fun pens, fun book, um, set time. I also would read some text to help, um, inspire me a little bit. I know you, the goal is to just sort of reflect on the day and, you know, the mundane and the, the ordinary and the you know and then the big events Mm -hmm. and through through that building that strength and recognizing and reflecting on when how things are going how you're doing i think i think of journaling as your own private yom kippur Mm -hmm. where you do um that deep reflection you ask for forgiveness um could be of yourself or of the other, seeing the other, and um, emerging from that. Um, that's where that Alan Liu book is really hitting uh, for me these days. Wow. Uh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love um, it's your own Yom Kippur, like every yeah. day you right. get to have yeah. another chance. <laughs> and it's really, in a, for me, it's a safe spot to be honest mm-hmm. and extra vulnerable in a way where maybe I wouldn't feel approaching a person. Yeah, so you can really just reflect on, okay, what was needed? Mm-hmm. What did I do right? What did I do wrong? What can I do to make it straight? And then you can, I can circle back and, and work that out with the person. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I think that's so great. Um, you've, you've inspired me to, to keep at the journaling. I am a big journal advocate. Yeah, I, I think... Um, I journaled a lot when I was a kid, yeah. and um, I think my mom would always, I'm going to read your diary, and so there's oh, maybe some like weird journal trauma. Absolutely. For me. That would be very traumatic. Um, yeah. But, yeah, trust. You know, yeah. I'm an adult yeah. now. I don't, yeah, right. you know, I don't think anyone's going to be reading my Musar journal. Right, right, <laughs> so right. I, need, I have to give it another shot, and I got to buy some like fun pens buy, and pencils. I highly recommend that. <laughs> And even like uh, if you go to um, like Michael's and buy a little, you know, stencil, oh, yeah. I, I would you, you could do letter stencils yeah. like to capitalize words or make things highlight or or like trees and flowers. And you just just put yeah. just put little designs in there. Just uh, or if you're having a bad day, you, you know, you make the sad face or, yeah. you know, little things like that just to inspire your creativity and just a diff- looking for different ways to 
to channel you know what you're experiencing yeah i really like that using it as kind of a multimedia type expression of your practice especially starting out it was it was really it really helped it really helped me going and like i said um I would put Heshbon Hanefesh across the top of the page and, and the, the Midah, too, just as like a visual reminder. Okay, what are we working on yeah, here? I'd be interested really to hear what other works for other people. But yeah, yeah that's what works yeah, for me. Yeah, I, ha- I ask everyone because yeah. I am just getting into the journaling and yeah, I'm yeah. learning a lot. That is that is turning out to be very helpful for oh, me in my journaling oh, yeah. um, journey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're so welcome. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I thought it was interesting um, reading about like Bahira points and um, what you had said to Bonnie about Bahira points. And what did um, I say? So you said a lot. You okay. said all these paragraphs, but um, oh my. basically. Um, Let's see. There was a part in here that I thought was really cool. Well, I mean, that's what, kind of what we're talking about with separating the match yes. from the fuse. It's all about those choice points and how how are you going to choose to react to this? Mm-hmm. And I think that isn't that what we're is Musar is really about. I mean, mm-hmm. um, we have uh, we come into our I'm going to say our adult life with a set of tools that have been really effective and got us through you know, our teenage years mm-hmm. and whatever. And we're, we're beat up, we're battered. And those tools might not be so useful anymore. And I think for me, I think this practice of Musar is able to like get rid of some of those a little bit and become more the person who that I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard, recently heard somebody talk about Oh, no, I think it was actually Julie <laughs> uh, who said something about, like, how do you want your obituary to read? Or what would uh, you want people to say about you at your funeral? Yeah. Like, Jenny was so generous or Jenny was so um, sweet or Jenny was so kind and whatever. What do you want people to say? I think I think the Musar practice helps us get to that. Yeah. Um, I know I kind of lost my train of thought there a little bit. No, I like that. I yeah, I, yeah, I think about that. Um, and that comes you know, down to choice points. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I think about how how do I want to be perceived in the world to other people, and um, what can I do with my Musar practice to like elevate that and mm-hmm. to get to that point? And um, I think the other interesting part is that it is sort of like building blocks. So, um, you know, maybe I want to be at, at this particular level or be seen in this way. Right. And then at the more I practice Musar, it's like, oh, but now I can, now that I've achieved that, now I can go to this po- That's place. Right. Yep. And yep. Um, it's really interesting to yep. kind of see that progression, which, as you said, you don't always... No, it's happening, but right. um, do you read your old journals and, and say, whoa? I, I have. Okay. I, I don't on a regular basis. Sure. But I was going to throw mine away or bury it or yeah. what, burn it or whatever, but I still have it. Uh, I, I decided, no, that, that practice doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. But the one, the one last time I, I did, it was just like, 
The last thing I took away from that is that's not who you are now. Yeah. So I don't really need to go back to it. Yeah. I guess anymore, mm-hmm. I should say. Um, because we're not in those situations. I mean, I'm a whole different person right. now. It really, the Musar, my Musar practice has been transformative and I'm like just so grateful for, for that, you yeah. know. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I can see, um, I can see going back and being like, wow, yeah. look at how far I've come. Yeah. And I can also see saying, oh, that's not who I am anymore. I don't yeah. need to relive that. Right. That was something that happened and. Yeah, and it's part of why I went through and I, I I harvested out all my like inspirational quotes that I liked and have that in a separate book. Mm. So I don't have to like go and trudge through my old yeah. journal like, oh, you know, what what was inspiring me and now I can I will go and, and look at that book more often just for inspiration. Yeah. Just reminders. You yeah. Know, that's you know, really cool. Keep the uh keep that Keep the heart, the soul full, um, I guess, is the, the goal there. Yeah. yeah. That's really great. I, I love that idea of having a separate book and, you know, adding to it. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And then about a nice, pretty book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's part of it. Like, make it pleasant to pick up. Yes. Make it, you know, whatever, like, turns you on like that. Maybe... Maybe you just need a, a a notebook from Target, but um, or you can have a nice leather bound book with the Tree of Life on it. Right. Um, yeah. Whatever works for you. Yeah. For me, it's like it. It's part of the inspiration. Yeah, I think it is for me too. What uh, you know, getting a book that I think is <laughs> nice to look at and enticing to write in is really great Ofer is showing me his incredibly beautiful journal it has a tree of life on it it's handmade handbound yeah wow it's just so nice yeah and it's got a little like marble or yeah for leather to go around it and i I think it attaches i don't know oh okay yeah but this is just so nice here Yeah. yeah it's beautiful yeah well i would want to write in that yeah Let's see. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about your practice. We've talked a lot about journaling. Um, Are there other things that you do, like, on a daily basis or just kind of consistently that you've learned or developed by practicing Musar? So, uh, usually, um, when I first started, I would put things on um, note cards and have it handy to read, specifically, like... um, you know, if it was uh, inspirational phrases around the, the Mida. What I graduated or um, transitioned to was using the notes feature on my phone, mm. a reminder, okay. the not notes, reminder. And um, so I will program a reminder to pop up on my phone daily with the phrase, different phrases. And um, so I do the Moda and E every day. Mm-hmm. And then I'll do do different things. I stagger them like every nine days, every seven days, things like that, different phrases. And, um, so that's really good. Um, that's really helpful for me. Uh, like one is the, you know, is what you're going to say helpful. Uh, I I can remember one day that popped up on my phone and I just really leaned into it. Um, a couple hours later, it was like, Oh, the timing of that was really good. But so that, that's, that's, you know, some people use post-its. The three by five cards are great. 
Um, I, I found that also when I was first starting my practice to be really, really helpful mm-hmm. just to have it in front of you. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of it is like, we, I think with any skill, any life thing we're learning, the more you work at it, the more you're going to get out of it. Right. So people can study Musar and not do any of these things. And they, and it might not, I mean, Musar's not for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. First of all, let's just say that. Um, but for me, I put in a lot of hard work, and I, I think it paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe not everybody else. And I, I was fortunate; I had time. You know, mm-hmm. stay at home dad. I, I, I had, I was, I had the privilege of time. Not everybody has that yeah. that privilege. What I'm getting at is just like you can you can get out what you put in, but also give yourself grace if you're not feeling that things are progressing mm-hmm. at the pay, at the rate you'd wish they were. But but to do things that work for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, a rubber band around your wrist. Yeah. Have you ever done that? It works. Can you explain it to like our, our listeners? <laughs> well, it's been years since I've done it. So I'm not, to me, it's just like, it's it's the visual reminder of that you're working on the practice. Mm-hmm. And you can even snap it and just yeah. like, oh, like when you need, oh, mm-hmm. I need a little... Uh, I need patience. You can like, yeah, just like yeah. give yourself a little and, uh, or it's just to me, it's just the visual reminder that you're working mm-hmm. on, um, on Amida. So, yeah. And, really cool. and, and yeah, and it, it, it actually worked for me too, you know, mm-hmm. for a certain period of time. And then I was just like, okay, this isn't working anymore. Yeah. So you do something else. Yeah. Let's talk about Hevruta, but also, not like naming names or anything like that, just yeah. sort of the yeah. general idea of Havruta. Um, do you have you had the same Havruta your whole practice or do you have different mm, ones? I've had different ones. So Havruta partners, yes, I've had um, several different Havruta partners over the years. I haven't studied in a, a long term VOD, so mm-hmm. I am um, in different classes. I've been partnered with different mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Yeah, I have too. I've. Um, I think I've been in four or five VODs, and the one I'm in now is um, the only one that I've been in in more than one year. Yeah. And so I've had different Hevruta partners each time. So I know people that have had the same Hevruta partner for many, many years, and I wonder what's what that's like. But um, what what's your take on having a different a different one? Well, it's hard. It's cha- it has its own challenges. So. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what it'd be like, like I was in a two year class VOD studying, um, Ali Shore, uh, Rabbi Shlomo Volbe, mm-hmm. this book. And I had a great Havruta and just that I studied with for over two years and we would meet in between the classes. Um, you know, the, when the, mm-hmm. when the, uh, when there was nothing being taught, we had a really good connection. We'd become good friends. Um, now, if I had been paired up with somebody who I didn't work with, that would not be great. Right. I don't know. Um, yeah, so I've been really lucky to, to have been partnered up with a really great Heverita partner. Um, you know, different people have different levels of interest or mm-hmm. amount of work that they, they can yeah. put into this. And so scheduling time to study the text in between, I think is really important. I think um, it's been really helpful for me. To have that person to have feedback with and talk things out and hash things and, you know, wrestle with certain texts. Like, you know, not everything we're presented with is uh, yeah. 
things we agree with, right? Yeah. Uh, and so you can kind of get some of that out in a on a one-on-one. My Hevruta that um, I studied with for two years, we developed a great um, trust. Um, so we could we could be really open about things. And um, yeah, I think getting a good Hevruta partner is, um, it's difficult and it's important. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's, it's just interesting um, in my experience, um, you know, Everyone is practicing Musar differently, and we're all in different places. And yes, um, yeah, when you click with your Havruta partner, it's it can really kind of expand your practice and Absolutely. your learning. Yeah, it's very cool. <laughs> I was gonna say enrich, and uh, yeah, and there was another word, but yeah, definitely enriches enriches the uh, the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had some really cool aha moments when I'm just checking in with my Havruta that I don't, oh, yeah? I don't know I would, if I would have come to those conclusions on my own. Uh-huh. Um, yes. Yeah. Not that my Havruta is really like giving me advice or like feeding me right. lines or anything, but just talking it through out loud with someone and like, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is this all making sense now. Yeah. That like, one-on-one exchange. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really special. Really helpful, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've talked a little bit about different midot. Um, do you have one that you think you're really have like learned a lot at, and that you're like, uh, I'm going to say, I'm doing air quotes that you're good at? <laughs> and is yeah. there one that is like more challenging for you? I think a lot of people have kind of have Ooh, their good, kind of favorite easy yeah. one, the, the easy or, one. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. like the one where they're like, you know, you get to that week and you're like, oh, this is the challenge. I don't like this one. I don't want to do it. Well, you know, everything's situational, right? Like yeah. we say. But Hesed is one that you know just can fall out of bed, and mm-hmm. Hesed will be there, and um, I can summon that pretty, pretty well, pretty easily. You know, depending on the situation. Yeah. <laughs> but in most situations, it's no problem. Sablanut patience is not something I'm good at. Um, yeah, and then tying that with um, anger. When I'm impatient, the anger can show up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the challenge, right? Yeah. And recognizing that. And um, sometimes it's just sort of naming it. Oh, you're, you're upset right now. You're angry about mm-hmm. this. Um, what's going on? Yeah. So... You know, and the other ones that have to like open a book and like look at it and think about well, rising above things. Um, I'm think got better at through the practice of Musar, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's like that goes to Bahira points and separating the um, how you separating how you're choosing to react versus how your like initial reaction mm-hmm. is. I mean, that's. You, easier said than done for me there's um you know there's um i think there's a a teaching where um you know doing a a mitzvah isn't really a mitzvah when it's like easier convenient for you Mm -hmm. uh and recently i had a person ask myself or ask me for a a ride i was leaving a place i was actually late for work i was on my way to work she just needed to ride four blocks, but it was the opposite direction. And normally that's like easy. No, of course, jump in the car. But it, the pressure of like, okay, I need to get to work. I'm yeah. already late. I really can't help this person mm-hmm. right now. But but I just like, boom, all the Musar teachings are there. I'm, re- I'm wrestling with it. I'm thinking about it. But I had to take care of myself at that moment. 
And I still, you know, hear him weeks later thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's easy to help somebody when it's easy for you. Right. Right. It's showing up when it's difficult mm-hmm. is the, the tricky thing. I and can I, see that. And I, think, and I think for me, the Musar practice has helped make that easier to do. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good example. Um, yes, it, it is easy to do it when it's easy. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of right. Course. right. Yeah. But that's the challenge, but- isn't it? Right. That's really where the where the rubber meets the gravel, the road. Um, um, and I wonder if I made the right decision. Could I have just helped this woman out and been late for later for work? You know, it's like, um, what does that say about me that I didn't do it? You know, mm-hmm. I, I wrestle with that. Like. Do you think that um, that before you practice Musar that you would still be thinking about this interaction? Or do you Probably think- not, no. Okay. No, I'd been just like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I got to go to work. And I wouldn't have thought about it. Yeah. But I'm like, no, this is, this is, this is the, <laughs> the, the scenario that they, they use as an example yeah. right here. And, you know, I had to make a tough choice. And yeah. I probably regret it. But But you, but it seems like you were kind of, Thinking about it in the moment in totally, a way that totally you, recognized it in the moment. Yeah. Like, okay, here you go. Here you go, fair. Right here. Here it is. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Uh, I had twenty seven minutes to get somewhere where I needed to be in twenty three. So, you know, yeah. I was like, Oh man. But I think recognizing that and thinking through that is just kind of shows that you are in the midst of practicing that's right that's right right. it's showing up in all these different ways yeah and giving myself grace that Mm -hmm. actually i said it that backward that's i had 23 minutes to get somewhere where i didn't need had it was going to take 27 minutes to get to (laughs) but yeah it's like i didn't know how it's i'm fairly new at this job and i didn't know how it would be received to walk in that that late so yeah um, well, we've got just a couple minutes left. Sure. And I like to ask, um, Bull, uh, I have, I have pe- like friends that have n- no context of what Musar is. And they ask me, they know Musar is a big part of my life. And they ask me, what is it? How do you describe Musar to someone that maybe doesn't, doesn't know a thing about it? It's a great question. And it's a difficult answer. Um, so, you know, it's not a self-help program, but we do get help from it. So I I like the analogy of it's it's becoming, you know, there's the connection between heart and mind. We might know something about getting, and I'm not, maybe I'm mixing up my, my mind and my heart, but knowing we should do something and doing something is, you know, those are different worlds, mm-hmm. right? Um, I know I should be more charitable. You know, reaching into your pocket and writing that check. I knew I should give this woman a ride, but I didn't give her the ride, right? Um, making those tough choices um, and finding the way to get to that situation where it's not so hard. I, th- I, my, the current analogy I'm kicking around in my brain is, you know, it's like cleaning the schmutz off the windows, mm-hmm. right? It's cleaning off the, 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 baggage we picked up along the way kind of talked about a little bit like as kids young adults or just you know our life experience things that we learn that help us survive that maybe aren't useful with who we are as adults moving forward Mm -hmm. you maybe you had a bad experience with journaling 
and um, and that's protected you to this point. Um, and you, but now moving forward, you might want to be in a different spot. Maybe you had a bad experience. Uh, maybe you ripped off making a donation to a charity that turned out to be fraudulent or whatever, and you're you're safer with your money. Let's say letting that go, letting that go, letting that stuff go. I don't, I you know, I don't know if I answered your question, but you, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's subjective, right? It, it Everybody is. It can... is. It is. Um, I, I liken it to removing the obstacles we've put that we have in our own lives out of the way um, to become the people that we want to be and that we see that the potential that we could be but i don't think you ever stop learning it's uh it's all about growth and uh, learning and i'm excited i by that yeah uh, to be able to to learn something new to grow yeah it's a practice it's right? a it is it's a practice a lifelong practice. it really is a practice and the practice never ends and um whether you're engaged in it or not the practice is still there i love that <laughs> yeah. yes yeah. i agree yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes well, Ofer, it has been so great to have you yeah, and to you. talk to you about Musar and learn a little bit about your journey. Um, thanks for for coming on to uh, our podcast. So honored that I was included and asked to be here. So lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you, and too. We usually end our podcast with a Dabarti. Would you like to give us a Dabarti? Dabarti. Shamati. Thanks for listening to the Living Musar podcast. Living Musar is brought to you by Twin Cities Musar. Learn more at TwinCitiesMusar.org and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Living Musar is created by Mommy Dyker Hoffman, Michael Cooney, Jenny Schwartz, Julie Dean, and the growing community of Twin Cities Musar. Our music is by the talented band Jubilee.